0: Hello, and welcome to Automators. My name is Rosemary Orchard, and as always, I'm joined by fellow automation nerd, David Sparks, and we're going to talk about automating things and making computers do stuff for us. Hey, David, how are you today?
1: I'm great, Rose. I I want to make my computer do stuff, so uh, I think we should talk about automation today.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like a novel concept on a show called Automators, but I mean, I've heard that some pretty cool apps out there are doing some pretty cool things. And then I ran into this guy, Tim, who's just been doing amazing things with drafts again. So I asked him on the show, is that okay with you?
1: Yeah. Let's have, let's have Tim on.
0: Hey, ring, Tim. Ring, welcome ring. back to the show. Tim, there?
1: Hey. <laughs> hey, everybody.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having me back.
0: Well, you're, you're very welcome.
1: Tim is the master of drafts, uh, a frequent author on various p- bits and pieces of drafts, and and really, you know, it is funny. Drafts is an automation platform. You know, historically, you don't think of a text editor as an automation platform, but with all the work Greg has done it over the years, that's what it's become.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely has. It's it's uh, it's one of those things that I find myself just using little things here and there, and it's it it actually takes me a little while to remember. Oh yeah, that's an automation. It's uh, it's just become everyday workflow now.
1: Yeah, we've got a future Mac Power Users episode coming out on the joy of Obsidian and kind of a deep dive into it. And one of the points I made was that Drafts is a companion app to Obsidian and that, you know, where, where Obsidian falls down as an Electron app, Drafts picks up the Slack as a native app. And it's a perfect place to write text and, and put it in there because whatever action you need either already exists or you can build it yourself.
0: And I think one of the things you were saying there, Tim, about um, automation really is the point, you know, it should just be part of your workflow. We shouldn't necessarily be thinking about what we're doing. We should just hit the button and the magic happens and we continue without a second thought because really, you know, that is the whole point of this, isn't it? To improve our workflows. So I'm glad to hear that you've been continuing with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We had Tim on before. And uh, so this is our second kind of drafts deep dive with Tim. But in the interim, Drafts has changed quite a bit, and they've added a bunch of new features. So uh, we thought, who would be better than to have Tim on to kind of help us walk through what's new, and there is quite a bit new, and how can we take the the most advantage of it as automators? So we really appreciate that, Tim. Man, not a problem. Anytime. Anytime.
0: Yeah, we're on Drafts version 26 now. Um, and I, I, yeah. I can't remember which version number we were on when, when we spoke to you, but I'm pretty certain it was in the single digits because draft four was around for a very long time. And then draft five came and then everything just sort of coastered, I think is the right word to say. Greg, Greg Pierce, Agile Tortoise has been doing a huge tremendous job. And I see you all the time in the draft Slack posting about things. And I, I I always end up checking them out and just being amazed because you are doing all of these great things. And it's just hard to, you know, cover in a couple of words what exactly it is that you've done because you seem to do so many things.
2: Well, thank you, first of all. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's uh, there's a lot of iterations that have come since five. I think that was the last time I was on was soon after like five or 5.4 came out and then it's changed to just basically version numbers at this point. So we're up to 26 and it's, it's one of these examples of a really good subscription app that gives you, you know, the benefits for paying into that over time and just frequent updates and really solid updates at that.
1: Yeah. I I was going to say, I think it's like the poster child of subscription apps because you know, the worry you have, the implicit promise of a subscription is that I'm going to give you money on a regular basis, and you're going to give me improved features on a regular basis. And we've gone from version 5 to 26, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. and and there are a lot of new features that Greg has just really put the pedal down on. When he came on our show and we talked about, you know, iCloud tags, he had it in there in like a month, you know, just like he's constantly making this app better which is, is why I think for me, I just don't find myself very attracted to other text apps because whatever feature I want, he's probably already put it in or about to. And then you combine that with these actions. You know, Drafts has the ability to write custom user actions, which can be very simple or very difficult, depending on, you know, how far you want to go down that rabbit hole. But like even just like a, a template text is something anybody can do. And I think that, One of the things I hope people get listening to this today is that that you can build your own actions as well.
2: Yeah. And I think with one of the things with the newest update in 26, that is really going to start coming probably not, not immediately right now, but probably in the months to come as more and more people figure it out, figure out use cases is that with customizable themes and syntaxes, you can create little mini apps um, you know, back when I first wrote about Drafts 5, it really was one of those things that you could create little modular apps. If I wanted a writing app, I was there. If I want a journal app, I'm there. If I want a scratch pad, I'm there. And it's just a uh, either a key press or a swipe away. But now you can have visually different apps within Drafts, and it's, it's going to really start to take off. And there's some interesting possibilities, I think, ahead.
1: Yeah, all right. Let's take a minute and talk about this new custom themes and drafts and and how it works. Give us kind of an overview.
2: The the themes and syntaxes. So we'll break it down, I guess, into the two. Um, themes are really just what they are, right? Any app comes with a you know, well, most apps come with some sort of light and dark theme. And drafts allows you to set that, but now you can create your own. So, do you have a website that you like the colors of? Well, you can use that in your theme. Do you just like a certain color palette? You can do that too. Um, It's really just a fresh coat of paint. And I've, I've often sometimes, you know, like we're, we're sitting out there looking for the latest, you know, greatest apps coming. And sometimes a developer just throws a new coat of paint on something and everybody loves it. Right. I remember when things three brought out the dark mode and everybody was super excited about the dark mode. And it's just it's one of those things, little little coat of paint, no functionality change, but a little coat of paint goes a long way. Um, But the the difference here is that you can create a theme that really dials in exactly how you want to work and see a certain draft. So um, for for those that follow my site, I have a couple of themes based on a a light version and a dark version of my site. And that's kind of where I started was. I wanted a theme that matched my website, so that when I write, I'm writing for my website, and that's the theme that I use on a regular basis. Themes in general are are just JSON files. That's the nerdy part, um, but it's uh, and it wasn't that it's not that hard to create them,
1: really. There and there, you know, just kind of the for folks that don't want to create them, if you go into the drafts app, there's already a bunch shipping in the app. And oh, there yeah. there are also user supplied ones that you can download from within the app. And I, I really feel like, like you said, over the next couple of months, this is probably going to blow up. I mean, it's only a question of time before we have the solarized, you know, view and the, you know, the different mm-hmm. kind of theme views. You know, maybe we get the yeah. the, you know, the green text on black background or whatever. You know, you know, all the usual nerd go-tos are gonna be there and i do think there's something to be said for that because when you're working on text um if nothing else it can bring context to it like you can have different views for different types of writing and and uh mm. you know it's going to be uh it's going to be really great as this thing starts to get bigger
2: right and and i mean it, that's the thing that we do now today with apps right uh, if i'm in drafts and then i want to use something like ulysses for writing those are going to be two different interface colors, right? It, it's a visual distinction. I may want to use, um, you know, a certain monospace font for my writing and regular fonts for just simple scratch pad note-taking. And I can have that within one app. I don't need to switch. And that's that's always been my thing, is it kind of similar to what you said, David, is that I get so much value out of drafts, it really does replace a lot of apps for me. So I don't need to go anywhere else but the one place. And now... I can really customize everything down to little tiny bits of text for for colors just to make sure it pops and, and I see it in my own way from for me.
1: So how do you create the JSON file to to make your own custom template?
2: Well, so I I've uh I started using uh the app JSON by Simon. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I
0: think his surname is pronounced uh, Stovering.
2: Okay we'll go with that. Cause you're probably better with names than I am. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I've used that and I used a, an app called pastel and, uh, and that one, um, allows you to choose a color palette. So I actually spent some time with the JSON file, looking at what things I could customize, what colors I could change. Um, and then just kind of chose different colors that fit the theme of my website. So I obviously have, uh, a certain color, the dragon fruit type color that is for my site. And then I wanted to accent that with other colors. Um, it took a little while to get that nailed down and the, the biggest single complaint of the release. And I, and I mentioned it to to Greg before it went out and I just said, you know, I'm going to write about this too, but I, I wish this was either built in or there's some web interface or whatever. Like I, I would love to have one because I think so many users want to just change the look, and that's all they care about, that there, there needs to be an easier visual way. Well, coming out soon, I don't know if it'll be out by the time this goes out or not, but coming out soon, there's going to be an online theme builder that does the same thing to be able to choose colors. And you can build it online, import it, and then go and share it from there.
0: Yeah, this is something I, that's where I really dug into it because I played with it a little bit in the beta, but I mean, I, I, I lack a lot of free time right now. I, I've had a lot of things going on. And so when the theme builder came, I was there Go, oh, okay, this is much, much easier for me um, because, you know, I can just drag and drop in the bits that I want. Well, it's not quite drag and drop, it's type, but that's fine. And then boom, it, it works. Um, and so I was, obviously incredibly grateful that because you shared your themes with me, Tim, really early on. And I've actually just set those as my default themes. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about how you're switching between themes in a minute. So don't let me forget that. Um, but oh, I, yeah, no. I, I, I really like um, how it uh, Greg's made it easy here because, I mean, obviously, you know, he, he writes iOS and Mac apps. That's his thing. But he's written a great web app here as well that just, you know, lets you do this because um, I love the fact that it, it's split as well with the editor and the interface because you can really change the color of, I think, everything. I don't think there's anything that you can't change the color of in drafts now with the new theming.
2: Right. And those and those are the basic colors. And then, and then within that whole big, you know, theme builder or the JSON file, there's these things called scopes. And it's just the the different text elements within the app that you can change. And you can customize those too. Um, it may not work with every syntax and you may have some weirdness going forward. But um, what I've tried to do is is modify just the, the key w- scopes that I want. And then anytime you create a syntax file that uses those scopes to apply the colors and the theme. So if you think of it that way, where the theme kind of the theme file sets the colors and what happens with the text and then the syntax file really just applies those scopes um, within itself. So that way you can have the different elements. So. Um, but yeah, th- theme theming is going to be huge, and um, I think we could maybe talk about, you know, some automation stuff going forward uh, in a bit after we talk about syntaxes. But I, I like what has gone on here and it gives everyone a, a lot of control. Um, uh, and the biggest thing I th- I find with uh, theming that's been the hardest to get my head around is what looks good, right? And I'm no longer sitting going, what's possible? It's like, wow, I mean, what shade of blue represents what I want here? What shade of orange is the right orange? Um, how does this color text look On it, this color background, it, it really is more about a personal preference selection than anything else.
1: Yeah. It's like, we suddenly have this abundance of riches and you've got, um, you've got some really nice, classy looking themes and you've got some that are just, you know, kids playing with matches, you know, (laughs) they're just terrible. (laughs) Yeah.
2: There was a, a guy in the, in the, in the forum or not the forum, but the, the Slack channel. And, uh, I think uh, his handle in there is Kimono Stereo, so I don't I don't know his name. Uh, sorry, I apologize for that. But, um, he he had a bunch of themes when this all came out, and one of them that he put out was called BSOD, Blue Screen of Death.
1: Oh man! And I'm like,
2: nope, <laughs> not installing that. That brings back too many memories. Not happening. <laughs> but I mean, you could make it like you're typing into a blue screen of death if you really wanted to go that way. Um. So yeah, it's uh it's just crazy the amount of stuff that you can do and and how each theme can really make it feel like a different space that you're working in.
1: Yeah, and all you do to to run them is you go into the settings and into preferences and by the way, I had said that within a month they'll be solarized and now there's already two solarized in there, dark and light, so <laughs>
0: I think those might be default themes, yeah, David, they are. actually.
1: They're built in. Yeah, I know. Because I was going right. to
0: say, I was using Solarize Dark as my light theme for a very long time on yeah. my iPad. So.
1: <laughs> well, and, and the
2: cool thing about this, and, and especially with a theme builder, so actually in your editor settings, which is the little um, AA icon in the bottom, you can tap that. And then you can actually export this syntax. You don't even need to have JSON or anything like that in, installed. Um, What you can do now is with this online theme builder is you can import that file. And if you don't like a certain color that's in there or you wish a color was something different, you can change that color. You can kind of hunt around, play with the settings a little bit, find that color, change it, import that again as your own theme, and then you can share that on the directory. It's it's really easy. And in fact, for my own themes, as I've been kind of tweaking some things based on either feedback or my own personal uses. I I've gone in and instead of using JSON to actually modify the file and type in everything, I've actually gone to the theme builder, uploaded the file, and then import the new file, overwrite the directory. So I have the saved copy still, and I I don't need to do much else. It's it's, I can do it all with the online tool and it's, it's actually sped up my workflow a little bit. It's not automated, but it, it works.
1: So what are your, uh, your, in addition to your own themes, are there any that you would recommend?
2: There's a, there's a few. Um, so things that I'm using different themes for uh, right now, uh, uh, obviously I have my own dark theme that I use on a regular basis for either writing or, or work for right now, which I'll talk about in a, uh, maybe in a minute. Um, journaling. I have my own journal dark theme. Um, Jeff Perry uh, of tablet habit had come up with his and I kind of morphed it into my own. Um, So I I liked the color theme that he had there. So that one's a good one. Um, I think that one's called tablet habit dark. Um, Once I get uh, to a certain place for task management, um, I'm going to probably use either the dark and friendly uh, theme that was uh, provided by Matt Birchler um, it's either I'll use that or I'll, f- I'll I'll change and modify it and credit him in the in there um, for task management I'll do that um, and then for scripting uh, I use a, a theme in there called night owl it's a it's a theme that's been around for a long time in some other writing apps um, and coding apps uh, my buddy Jeff uh, Mueller had gone and And actually taking that theme, went through painstakingly uh, before the online theme builder and set all the colors. It took him about probably half a day to do it. Um, But there was like I think there's like twelve hundred colors in the original. So he uh, he changed that and and streamlined it down. But um, those are kind of the big ones that I'm using right now. Um, I don't really use other ones and I'm I'm still playing around with a few things here and there of how I want to set it up
1: can I second the nomination for Night owl it is gorgeous for a dark theme. I love it
2: yeah
0: and uh, there are links to all of those themes that you've just mentioned in the show notes I should I should say uh, so for anybody who's looking for them check the show notes they're right there
2: yeah so um and that's and, and again it uh, you know going back to what I was saying is it really is something that this is gonna come down to a lot of people's personal preferences so over time, especially with this online theme builder coming out, that's really gonna drive and push a lot of people to create new things, and I'm I'm looking forward to that.
0: This episode of Automators is brought to you by PDF Pen from our friends at SMILE. Does your PDF editor allow you to secure documents, do OCR scanning, fill out and sign forms? Does it allow you to do all of that on the go and at a low cost? PDF Pen does. PDF Pen is the all-purpose PDF editor that allows you to improve your workflow and productivity add signatures, text, and images, and make changes and correct typos. Improving your workflow is one of those magical things that sometimes it takes you forever to realize that's what you've done. And that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult to try and do it yourself. But if you haven't used PDF pen, then you really should. The fact that you can save your various different signatures as a stamp just makes it easy so that you always have those on hand that you need and if a document wants you to sign in black and white, you can do that too. I use it for all sorts of things. Just last week, I used it to fix a typo in a PDF that was sent to me and send it back and let them know that, as well as signing the document, I'd fix the typo for them. That turned out to be a big time saver for me and for them because I didn't have to wait for them to fix the document and then send it to me again. I just fixed it and it was done. If you work at all with PDFs, you need PDF Pen. And you can keep everything synced too, because PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro work with PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone for seamless editing across your devices with cloud services such as iCloud, Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, and more. You can learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro at pdfpen.com/podcast. That's pdfpen.com/podcast. Our thanks to PDF Pen from Smile for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Okay, Tim. So we've covered themes, which is how things look mostly. There's also syntaxes. Now, I know what a syntax is, but for the people at home, I think you will do a better job of explaining what is a syntax and why is that important in drafts.
2: I will try to do that justice. Um, so uh, a syntax is just the built in grammar that the file uses. So you might just want simple text. You might want to write in markdown or multi-markdown. You may be writing JavaScript or, or even setting some things up in task paper. Um, those have been kind of the general syntaxes for a while. Um, but what a syntax file allows you to do is it uses, it's it's a lot more complicated than a theme file is. It still uses JSON um, to uh, really navigate everything. But you need to know uh, regular expressions, uh, more commonly called regex, um, it it's not for the faint of heart, and I think I said that in my my review was it, it really is not for the faint of heart. Um, I actually the only reason I think I was able to to do what I've done um, with my own syntax uh, of draftsdown is really because I've grafted some other elements here and there to my own, and, and it's it's uh, it's really difficult to do. Um, so it's, it's one of those things of if you have experience or have somebody that can guide you, it's, it's a good idea to do. Um, I think the, the biggest reason why you'd want to use your own syntax is because you use the app in a certain way or have a certain way of setting it up. So, um, there are some syntaxes that are out there. Like you could do fountain, uh, which is a common writing syntax that, uh, you know, a lot of different people use and maybe writing screenplays. You could do that within Drafts, and it'll highlight everything how you would have an app that you would normally write in Fountain. Um, it, you can have it set up that way in Drafts, and it it just changes how you're going to use the app. Um, so it, I think the it, the one th- how it ties into some theming is you can set some of the way things look in your syntax. Using the theme colors or, or the theme scopes and making text larger, smaller, italicized, whatever, monospace, you can do that within your your uh, syntax file, and it really can change how everything looks. It, it's it's a really powerful tool. I don't know if you have anything more to add to that, Rose. <laughs> but
0: I mean, I I would also mention that syntax is commonly. Refer to in programming terms. So you have a programming syntax and that's usually, you know, if you open, say for example, you know, a JavaScript file, um, then that will look one way um, and then if you open, um, I don't know, say, uh, just a text file, then that will just probably be like black text on a white background. Usually that's what happens. And an application, I'm going to use BB edit as an example here, cause it supports thousands of different programming syntaxes. At least I think so. It certainly supports hundreds of them. Then, you know, that's, that's what it's doing. That's the magic that's behind it there. So just a, a, a slightly different explanation, but I think you covered that very well.
1: Yeah. It feels like, um. This is one where you're really threading the needle because uh Greg, the the drafts developer, has already done an excellent job of syntax support for the usual suspects, you know. The stuff you're you're often gonna be using to write drafts like markdown and you know, I think he even has critic markdown in there. I, I was just looking to see if he already put it in So
2: but, that's actually built into the multi markdown. The critic markup is, yeah. is built into multi markdown and, and it's great. Yeah, so
1: he's got that in there, you know? So, so a lot of the syntax that most people would want is already baked in. But I, I guess he mm-hmm. had just enough people asking, can I make it custom that he said, okay, well, I'll give you the tools to, to go in and and write your own. And this is one I'm, I'm very curious to see number one, what do people do with it? Number two, will I ever have any interest in it? Because while I'm super interested in theming it properly, um, the syntax thing to me is a snoozer because I, you know, I largely just write Markdown for everything. And like mm-hmm. when I do coding to the extent I do coding, I don't do it in draft. So I'm not sure how much this is going to be uh, for for a lot of people. But you know, I think this is a feature that's going to be super useful to a couple people. And a lot of people are just going to pass this one by.
0: Well, I think for a lot of people, it will enhance things. So say, for example, somebody who uses um, Jekyll or Hugo or something as their their blogging platform, normally that's got a block at the top that's got three dashes above it and three dashes below, and then inside it, that's a YAML format. Yeah. something like that you can now do in drafts and that can have its own bit of theming because it knows that that's there because it's got the, the the starter and the ender and then the rest of it's in markdown and that's something that's much easier to to do and have look right because i know that's something i've struggled with before where i just wanted that bit to display in like mono space um and then i wanted the rest of it to be pretty markdown as i was used to and i couldn't do that at the time and now i can do that yeah. um and that's what I like about this.
2: I think David, you're right. that This is something that I think it, in the short term, there's not going to be a whole lot of people that find this useful because they're going to go, okay, great. How, number one, how do I do it? And then number two, what do I do with it? And, yeah. and really the, the answer to the, the how is, well, you got to know some regex and you got to get some help if you don't know that and you got to work on it, but really, what do you do with it? There's a lot of possibilities that could come from it. Um, Myself, like with, so I created a syntax called drafts down and it just, I started with the multi-markdown that's built in. So I have all the critic markup. I have uh, all of the features of markdown and, and multi-markdown. So er- everything's in there already. Um, and you can export syntax files the same way you do theme files and drafts. So it, it's a pretty easy thing to grab that file. Um, but I started including, cause I, I will often to emphasize something in my writing, I may bold and italicize it. And that's not something that's built into the multi-markdown. Because sure. occasionally that can get a little weird um, with just how it highlights. But I put that in there. And, and so that's in there now for me. And I've incorporated some other things because I use multi-markdown primarily for things that I use for work. So um, when I talk about work task management and how I do things at work in my job, I'm – constantly using drafts for it. And I just go back and forth wiki style linking everything so I can move freely through some, uh, some different drafts that I have, but I've started to incorporate task lists in greater form. And I I mean, really, it was probably about a week before the drafts 26 got released that I was really starting to play with two state and three state tasks. Um, those are the check boxes that you see within drafts, but yeah. uh, it it's um, the three state tasks are really interesting. Cause that's not part of multi-markdown um, that as it's, as it's shipped in the app, you have to actually use a simple list or simple list plus syntax to get those. And so I just combined those two things together to say, all right, here's multi-markdown, here's a simple list and I can combine these two. It wasn't much effort. It took a little time, but I got it in there and now I can have, you know, either tasks that like once it's done, it's done or, hey, I need to ask somebody something. I'll mark it in process and it when it's completed, it'll get grayed out and struck through. Yeah. So I don't have to see that task visually. It's it's uh, it's just a simple change that I've made, but it's it's been a big difference so far.
1: Yeah. Another thought that occurs to me is the Markdown, what I'll call Markdown plus apps, apps that use Markdown as a starting point, but then they add things, you know, like these PKM apps do have like task management syntax or, or linking syntax. And there's no reason why you couldn't write custom syntax and drafts to make that process a lot easier to create the mm-hmm. the notes in drafts and, and go ahead and apply a custom syntax.
2: Right. And like even one of the other things you can do in the syntax is is up at the top um there's a little tiny carrot next to the draft symbol um and that's a navigation window. And when you're in a draft you can navigate to the different headers of a draft. Well, now you can set navigation points that are incomplete tasks. So that's actually one of the things I've I've used is any of my incomplete or in-process tasks, I can quickly navigate to one using that portion of it. So I can just jump to that and mark it really quickly because some of my lists are very long with the the amount of tasks that I'm either undertaking or assigning to people um, as part of my day-to-day job. So it's, it's something that makes me navigate even quicker and you can, you can do that a whole lot easier now and you can do that with anything. So if there's keywords that you want to set up, so say somebody creates a a syntax that has the, you know, the word to do in there, T-O-D-O and a colon, you could make that so you can navigate to that element throughout the draft. Um, so it it can start to extend the app even farther than it is today and, and more use cases going forward.
1: Do you guys use that feature in drafts, the reorder feature? Are you familiar with this?
2: Yes. Oh, a range I mode? I use yes. it all the time.
1: I- You know, I don't know why every text editor on the market doesn't steal that feature. It is the best, you know, because like for writing blog posts or even legal briefs, I find, you know, one of the last steps to do is just go into that mode and feel, you know, give myself free reign to move things around. And for listeners that aren't aware, they have the ability in drafts to drag as a starting point paragraphs up and down. You can just move them around. But with drafts, it gets even more granular. I think it goes down to the sentence level of memory serves, and um, and you can just you can reorder your text. And after you get done writing things, um, it makes a lot of sense to take some time and look at it again to make sure the organization makes sense. And this easy um, re- rearrange is so so powerful.
2: Yeah, there's there's times that I've sat in meetings where I'm using my iPad jotting down notes and. Um, You know, I'll have multiple tasks come in and I'm in a range and I'm trying to order them in in priority Um, because I typically don't use a numbered list because things jump priority one day to the next. Mm -hmm. And so I will I'll be sitting there in that mode. and I'm like, oh, I got to exit this because, you know, I, I need to write another task down. Oh, no, I don't. I can just duplicate the line and inside the arrange mode, little pro tip, you can just edit the text there so you can duplicate a line and you can edit the text right in arrange mode. So you don't need to leave that, if, especially if you're doing some minor modifications here and there. Um, and then you can just tap done and everything just magically moves around where you want it. And, and it's set. I do that all the time. And it, it is one of those features, again, where it's, it's built in. And before we didn't have that to the extent that we have it now. Um, and I don't ever want to go with another app that does not have that. It, it is that vital to me in my workflow.
0: I use this all the time because I, I have um, a lot of task paper templates for various projects. So, you know, for example, every single episode of Automators and Nested Folders, and iOS Today, guest podcast on things like that, they all have task templates. And whenever I'm going through and editing them and I want to rearrange some tasks in in that template so that, you know, things get created and they're in the right order, I do that. And it's just, Like that, that mode is a game changer for people who ever rearrange lines. There is no more cutting and pasting and stuff like that. You just drag it up and down and done. And it's so easy.
1: Yep. I do think though, getting back to syntax, this is going to be a feature that is going to get filled out by the community pretty quickly. And I, what I would recommend for listeners that don't want to go as deep down the rabbit hole as Tim has um, is just keep an eye on the community uh, syntax plugins because I suspect that mm-hmm. I mean because you already have most of what you need built in the app. I think the 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 few exotic things that most people would be looking for are going to exist pretty rapidly,
2: right? And I, I the the things that I see in the future for people to create and, and you know I I kind of have my journaling workflow already set, but for people that do you know bullet journaling. This is something where you could literally create a syntax and you can have the different um, uh, the markers, I guess, for each line be different, be a different color. You, could, you can have them do different things so that as you're moving through the app, it could really be like how you would write a, a bullet journal by hand. You could do it digitally. It takes a lot more work to set this up, but it's something that could be done if somebody really wanted it. And... I think that's something that, that the, with the theming and syntax highlighting those two things together can create some really powerful customizations for people to really make it an app that maybe they didn't have a a huge use for beyond a scratch pad, but then now can turn into their daily bullet journal and really take it to another level.
1: Yeah. And when you get tired of it, you change the theme, you've got the same syntax, Mm
2: -hmm. right? And for those that are thinking, hey, you know, a digital bullet journal, I like using my uh, my my handwriting, right? You know, I, I like writing by hand. Well, in version twenty two, we you know, uh, Scribble came along, and that's something you can use there too. It's uh, it's great. I, I use Scribble with drafts all the time, and it I can write by hand. I can type it in. It doesn't really matter. Um, and that and that's just a another example of how how great. These little features are, since we've gone from Drafts 5 to 26 now, all these little features are just huge usability improvements that are just fantastic.
0: I have linked to the the most popular pay or the the ordering of the most popular syntaxes and themes in the show notes for everybody. By the way, so um if if you're there going, I want to try things out, then it's there. And I'm very pleased to report that as of the time of recording, drafts down. Tim, your your custom syntax is the most popular uh syntax by probably a large margin. So uh, I'm very pleased to see that.
2: Fantastic. I hope it doesn't stay there long. I hope other people come along and do great, wonderful things with this because I'm I'm really just making it for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not sounding – I hope I'm not sounding uh, conceited in any way. It's just I'm making this for me. And if other people find uses for this, fantastic. Um, and I hope other people create some things that are really awesome that other people can use.
1: So, Rose, have you gone down the rabbit hole of drafts, theming, and syntax yet?
2: So I have started
0: um, specifically. Um, I was talking earlier about the the Jackal Hugo um, theming, and that's something that I am messing with. But it's such. A local mess. It's it's one of those things where I'm looking at it and I've not had the time to just sit down and properly do it. So I've been trying to do it in sort of five minute chunks between doing other things. And I can tell you, if you have not looked at the the documentation um, and you don't really know what you're doing, hi, yes, this is me, um, then uh, it's worth sitting down and having a a quick look through and looking at how some other people have done things. And of course, as Tim said, exporting one of the built-in ones, which is close to what you want, um, and then, you know, um, modifying that and then re-importing it. And I definitely second the recommendation you made at the top, uh, Tim, for JSON, J-A-Y-S-O-N. That is a an excellent app um, for doing this because it makes it very, very easy to create valid JSON. JSON is a very picky syntax. If you miss a quotation mark or add a comma where you shouldn't, you will break it. So it's good to have a, an app that protects you from yourself.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I, I went down... Um... Yeah, I tried to play with the themes and it doesn't really seem that hard to customize them if you want, but I found Night Owl and it was like love at first sight. And I've been using Night Owl now. And I don't know that I'm gonna be switching off of it anytime soon. It's just such a great theme.
0: Oh, I'm well, I'm using Tim's light and dark themes. Um and I've set those up so my editor auto switches um at uh, well with the system. So that's, you know, when sun comes up and when the sun comes down, which, of course, recently changed. So that's not at all confusing. Fortunately, my Mac knows what I'm doing there.
1: And, and we didn't mention it, but in the preferences for drafts, um, there are buttons to get themes and get syntaxes at the bottom of each screen. So um, don't when you open the app, you'll see a limited number built in, but there is so much more out there. Just push the button and go go try some of these out. This episode of the Automators Podcast is brought to you by Microsoft Lists, a Microsoft 365 app that helps you track information and organize work. Keeping track of information is something that's in everyone's job description these days. Quite simply, writing things down is what works for simple lists, but it can get overwhelming when you need to stay on top of hundreds of items and get others to pay attention and act. Microsoft Lists is a Microsoft 365 app that helps you easily track information and organize your work. Lists are simple, smart, and flexible, so you can stay on top of what matters most to your team. You can track issues, assets, routines, contacts, inventory, and more using customizable views and smart rules and alerts to keep everyone in sync. With ready-made templates, you can quickly start lists online, on the new mobile app for iOS, and directly within Microsoft Teams. And because it's part of Microsoft 365, you can rely on enterprise-ready security and compliance. I spent some time with Microsoft Lists, and I'm impressed. I feel like Microsoft has really threaded the needle with this one, giving you a product that's simple to use, but also complex enough to manage in teams, which is not easy. You know, it's not easy to make an app that can be easy to use, but also work with a group of people. And that's what they've done with Microsoft Lists. If you're already using Microsoft Teams or Microsoft 365, this one is a no brainer. It's an excellent app and definitely worth checking out. So if you want your list to get a whole lot smarter, get more done with Microsoft Lists. Go to aka.ms mslists for more information, videos, demos, blogs, and, and more. That's aka.ms mslists. Make a list and let it flow. Our thanks to Microsoft Lists for their support of the automators and all of RelayFM.
0: So Tim, you don't just write in drafts, you automate things. You you mentioned before, you've got a bunch of things that just happen. What are these things that just happen? What are you actually automating in drafts?
2: So, and, and they're small automations, right? But anytime I hit command K, which is a, a very common uh, keyboard shortcut, it inserts a markdown uh, link, right? So. Even though that's something that I just do, and I, it's muscle memory for me now, that's still a script running in the background. It's still a little bit of an automation that just pops a little bit of text in with a formatted URL for me, and it's done. Um, th- those are the like the little things, Key- keyboard shortcuts, and and there's a there's a new um, uh, new setting that allows you to turn those on. So as you see it in the action group on the on the right hand side of the app you can kind of see what your keyboard shortcuts are. At this point, I, I don't know how many pages, I wanna say maybe eight of keyboard shortcuts that I have. And sometimes I don't remember everything that I have. So it's it's a good visual indication for me that, oh, hey, I can I can use a, a simple shortcut to then kick off an action, which maybe just formats some text. And that's that's primarily, I think, out of all the automations that I use, that is my primary one is within the app, Text manipulation is probably my biggest single automation that I'm using. Um, Aside from that, the other automations that I'm using and uh, where it really comes into the play with theming, not so much syntax right now, but theming is workspaces. So workspaces is, you know, that basically in short terms, a collection of drafts with tags applied to them. So you can group things together. So I have some for, you know, one for writing one for scripting. I have one for journaling. I have one for work. Um, and so what I do with that now and what I've done with uh, um, my module script, which is something I talked about way back in drafts five, I can now set a theme based on that keyboard shortcut. It's not something that happens automatically. I've actually asked Greg to put it in so that when you switch a workspace, you change the theme there's some, there's some risks with doing it that way, but I think that's something most users will find beneficial. Um, but I, when I switch from, say, my writing syntax to my journal syntax, or my journal workspace, rather, um, I can just switch the color of the app and make it look different. And it's, it's something that's just a visual change, but that is an automation that I'm doing.
1: Just walk through that. How are you pulling that off?
2: So I have an action that is a module selector. So it sets the workspace, it sets the action group and the the, uh, keyboard row um, so that that way I can have all the actions at my fingertips that I want. And then what I've done is I've added a theme to each one of those. So now when I use my keyboard shortcut, I can switch and I have my uh, modules uh, are command two through command eight. And so I can switch switch all those modules inside of those keyboard commands. And so it just jumps me from effectively what I like to say is one app to another. So sure. I can go from writing to journaling real quick. And, and it changes the the drafts list. It changes the action groups, everything. And now the theme. So I know that I'm in a different space um, on the iPhone. I use that. I have that actually as a, an action in every single one of my action groups at the beginning point. So I can quickly switch there. Um, so I'll do that too.
1: Yeah. So that's an action that, that changes all these settings. Is that a published action?
2: Um, it, uh, I don't know that it is anymore. It might not be, but I'll, you know what? I will, I will get that out so everybody can have that link in the show notes so that people can use it.
1: Yeah. That, cause I'm doing the same thing, but I'm, even though I host the automators, I'm doing it largely manually at this point. So making me jealous. How could you? I do. I do. I do with, just to kind of put an emphasis on his discussion of the action keyboard shortcuts, that is something that you really should embrace if you use drafts because not only, I mean, there's anything you create an action on, you can tie to a keyboard shortcut and it's done right in the edit menu for the action. And in addition to text transformations, I also use it for text templating because I, lot of, I write a lot of drafts text that's going to go somewhere else. Like, you know, I have a call with a client or whatever. I could make a template draft form, but I also just have the text template saved as a keyboard shortcut. So I don't have to monkey around with the action menu. I just, you know, hit the plus sign, fire off my keyboard combination, and everything's there for me.
2: Yeah, and I think I think one of the things that people lose themselves in a lot, and I've I've kind of backed down a little bit here and there. From doing a lot of heavy lifting, automations there's there's a very big place for those, but the simple automations sometimes tend to be the right ones. Um, it really is uh, one of those things that's overlooked. Uh, a simple action to move one thing to another place. You know, I I, I liken it to a forklift. So I, I work in automotive, but you know we have different robots in the plants that pick up from one location, drive it down a line, and put it in another location it's it's a simplified task at that point but it's an automation and and that's that's kind of the the nice thing about drafts is that you can use a lot of those little actions and you can either have them in the keyboard row you could have them as a keyboard shortcut so that when you have an iPad or an external keyboard connected you can just do that obviously i'm i'm very ios centric so i'm the mac is is just as capable and it's probably even more capable um when you combine that with, you know, Apple script and things like that. So.
1: Yeah. And the nice thing about the simple automations is they never break. They just seem to work forever.
2: Yeah, yeah they do. The thing that, uh, and going back Rose to your question, you know, for me, things that I automate are, are really <laughs> my own workflows and, and my own way of working and using the app by and large, a lot of what I do with drafts has not changed. I'm very boring in that way. Um, I use it. I use it for everything that I possibly can, and where it doesn't work, I I use another app. Um, But I use it for writing, for journaling, those sorts of things. So I have my automation that I've had for a while to publish to WordPress. So I use that all the time uh, when I when I do my writing for my journal. um, I've created a PDF version of my journal. So now I not only have the text saved within drafts, but I also send that over to shortcuts, create a formatted PDF and save that PDF off. It's just, it's just a quick, easy automation. It runs very quickly. Um, and it, it just allows me to process some drafts out of the system. So it's not as overwhelming.
1: Sure. And the, is that like a daily thing or do you run it uh, a certain increment of time?
2: My intention was daily. Uh, sometimes it's not. Sure. Um, so, so that, uh, that particular one, and I can maybe create a, 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 one to share with, with the users. So we'll, we'll have to put that one in notes too, but, um, I, I think, uh, it, it just grabs the, the title, which I, how I format my journal is very much a, a date goes in the title field. I have a section of kind of just some metadata on the day, you know, how much I slept, what the weather's going to be like, uh, just some little simple things that shortcuts provides. and then. Um, It just gives me a couple little fields for what I called quick hits and then some entries. And so there's a lot of times where I will journal and it'll just be a lot of quick hits for the day. And I really don't have a whole lot of say, I'm, I'm, I'm not really writing profoundly every day. Sure. Um, but some, sometimes, uh, like the other night I had a, a crazy vivid dream and I sat down and wrote that out and how I felt about it. And it just, that that's what ended up coming out for that day. Um, but then. Sometimes I forget to run the action at night and there's a couple times where I've forgotten to run it for a couple of weeks, but the beauty of it is I can run that quickly and it just processes it uh, very, very fast. Um, in fact, excuse me, I will, um, in fact, I will have a uh, draft window on, on the one side of my iPad. I will have a shortcut window on the other side of my iPad and it just, I can just watch it in real time run and it, it's just, it takes me all of about five minutes to process a bunch of them.
1: I'm just thinking out loud. Wouldn't a time-based uh, shortcuts trigger allow you to run that action without you having to do it yourself? I think it would.
2: It 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 would. The only thing I would have to do is save the. I mean, I could probably do it for that day. That's actually not a bad rabbit hole for me to go down at some point. Yeah. Um, it's just something that uh, it I could do that. Actually, you know what? I will take that on as an assignment. Thanks for giving me homework. There we go. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that. Everybody right? goes home uh, from
0: this podcast with homework, Tim. You are no exception oh, being fantastic. a guest. Great. The good news is you're probably going to get an A. So
1: yeah, uh, I guarantee uh, Let's it. hope so. And then the other <laughs> thing that's cool with that workflow is you can set up the, the formatting of the PDF as you want. So the, the, in this case you said it's your journal. So you want it to look nice as it goes into this PDF file. Yeah. Well,
2: actually the, the funny thing is it's, it, it, does format pretty well. um, And it really mimics what uh, I had in day one. Um, So I I used to use day one years ago. Um, There were some security things that happened that I particularly was not a fan of. And so I moved that to my own solution within drafts at the time. Um, But now it, it, you know, I look at the value of what I have in drafts where it saves me from a couple of different subscriptions uh, with other apps, writing apps, journaling apps, et cetera. I don't need to use those apps. I can just use drafts and I have one payment. It just, it's a it's a cost proposition at that point for me.
1: Yeah, One of my favorite drums to bang on is the idea of contextual computing and the idea of mode shifting. And uh, you, I think, uh, everyone I've talked to has accomplished that the best with drafts in these early days of themes. But it sounds like you've really kind of gone deep on getting a different context for different modes of of doing drafts
2: yeah i i try to do that as much as possible because i i know that staying in one place but you know um there's people that i know that use i'll use gmail as an example i use gmail at work um that's our that's our preferred platform at work um and i know some people that have personal gmail accounts and there there's times that they have Trouble keeping those two contexts separate, yeah. Um, and, and blending work and personal is never good. So for me, it, it, by extension, it just keeping those contexts separate. Of hey, you're you know, in my journal, my journal stuff never gets shared. That's not a public thing. That's for me. So having a not only a visual cue from a color standpoint, but even a potential different syntax that I can use there is going to help drive that, okay, I am journaling now. This is journal time. I don't need to focus on anything else but journal. And then the the other times where I'm using my writing, this is writing time. That's what I need to use. So it's it's uh it's something that I'm I'm still going through. It's early days, but I'm still going through it. And now that I can, you know, use the the syntax uh or sorry not syntax but the theme scripting and change that I can I think it's just one more step towards, you know, creating all these mini apps and automating my way through it.
1: What's the, uh, what's the missing feature in drafts for you at this point? I mean, you can even customize syntax. I don't know what's left.
2: Oh, I have some, I have some thoughts actually. (laughs) (laughs)
0: now greg pierce is going how long is my homework list
2: yeah i know yeah yeah i don't i don't think you're gonna get greg on again because you asked that question no um (laughs) actually there's there's two major ones for me right like i i i still would love to see somehow even though drafts is a text editor i would love to see image support get added it's a whole difficulty of how you support images in a text format especially with all the automations yeah but i I would love to see it there's there's certain things that are possible now where you can have local files and you can render it in a window. but man, inline text or inline image support would be probably my first and foremost. Um, but there are other people for a long time that have wanted file provider support yeah. so what yeah. that what that means is I just let me either use a common directory that I can save all my drafts to. Dropbox, iCloud, whatever, so that I can use Drafts on iOS and another app on my Mac or access it somehow um, or use it in other automations somewhere else. That's probably the biggest one that I think a lot of people want. Open in place, right? Like those sorts of things with file provider support would be hugely beneficial, I think.
1: Yeah, well, it just gives people even more options. Um, And then Drafts becomes the tool that you lay on top of those text files.
2: Right, right i think i think that if if i was a betting man that one's coming before images images is one of those things that i i don't know if he ever has plans to add that it's a it's a dream of mine but i you know i can dream all i want doesn't mean i'm gonna get it
1: Mm -hmm. well it's just um it's also kind of opposite of the whole intention of the app simple quick text capture and fast work on text you know um You've seen people do it with like Markdown where they'll have like an asset folder that holds a group of assets that you can Markdown link into it, you know, but I don't know. I'm I'm not hell bent on drafts going that far down that, that road.
2: Yeah. I, I think for me, my own use cases, very selfishly, um, an open in place. So if I, if I tap a document somewhere in files or, or Dropbox and, and I can open it inside of drafts, and have it be, you know, just very basic. I can only edit the text. I can't do anything else with it. And then save it back to that place again. I, I think that's a feature that I personally would welcome because I prefer writing in drafts over other apps. Um, I've used other apps. Um, I, I'm trying to remember some of the ones that I use. Um, uh, I, I can't even remember the names of them. I, I Like Pretext, I think, is the one that I use the most for that right. where I just need to edit a quick file. And Dras doesn't have a way to do that without importing the file. And then I have to figure out a way to save it out. Um, you know, because a lot of times I'll need a header for a file name or whatever. So I, it's just, it's a, it would solve a problem for me that I have right now. And maybe that's something that'll come.
1: Well, I want to talk about the way you resource your drafts files because you use drafts not only as a production tool but as a storage tool but we're going to wait let's put a pin in that for right now before we close the door on automation um rose what have you done lately with drafts and automation that's worth sharing i know you're always cooking something up
0: it's definitely not ready to share yet it's in a very 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 rough and janky state Um, right now because I'm trying to figure out how best to tackle this problem. But I am trying to create a new draft in this workspace action. And essentially the idea for that is somewhere you create a a template draft which has the same name as the workspace. Um, so that should be relatively logical, I would hope. Um, and then um, it takes that uh, and it takes the the body of that draft and then it it creates a new draft from that. Uh, but it has all the same tags as the current workspace um, uh, and so on. Um, and Potentially even switches a theme. I've not quite figured out how to to crack that nut yet. And of course, if if Agile Tortoise does implement theme switching, then that's I don't need to deal with that. Um, The difficulty I've been having is what if there isn't a theme uh, or a template for that workspace? Um, Because I I would like to both have the option of saying like I'm just working, just let me create a new draft and boom, I'm done. Um, And also. Actually, you know what? I I want to create a template for this um, one um, and things like that, um, and potentially also handling orphan uh, templates where you have templates that don't match a um, a, a theme. Uh, or a workspace. Sorry, you've got themes on the brain. It seems. Um, so that's that's the nut that I am currently trying to crack. Um, the nuts that I've cracked considerably more recently that are actually you know ready for con- consumption um, are um, saving things into my um, Obsidian notes folder in Dropbox. Sure. Um, including appending to lists. So I have a specific folder for lists, um, and I have an action that will let me append to any file in that folder. Um, which means that I can just write something. So say, for example, I write once upon a time, I can say append that to list TV shows to watch. Done. And then that draft disappears. It's gone to the trash because I filed it. Um, and then that that is actually um, a list item in that list for me. So I can, I can get at that. And because it's in Dropbox, I can access it from a whole bunch of places, which makes it pretty
1: easy. I have solved or dealt with two similar problems lately. Um, like you, I also use Obsidian to store a lot of data. And I write everything in drafts. You know, I don't write that much in Obsidian, at least initially. And um, uh, because I'm using Obsidian's end-to-end encryption model, I don't have a Dropbox resource to dump these these files into. Instead, I've got it on my native drive on my Mac. So I made a special folder that's watched by our dear friend Hazel, and um, I have um, drafts saved to that folder. And then Mac, the Mac, you know, running Hazel will sort it. And if I put tags on it, I'll put it into different places in the base Obsidian library on my Mac. And then suddenly it, it you know, it disperses to everywhere through Obsidian Sync. But I had a, it was a it was a different problem because I don't have cloud storage to work with when I'm working with obsidian files and um, um also because I don't use drafts for long-term storage I use it for the creation process I have a lot of templated stuff I want to send to other places I mean uh, so much of my life is, is similar you know in terms of things I'm taking notes on maybe it's a call from a client or maybe it's a new idea for a YouTube video or a working outline for automators and so I have created just this treasure trove of templates and drafts with text templates where it's automatically applying tags and if you're listening to this all you need to do to put a tag on a a draft with a template is you say add a tag and you write the tag name and you put commas in you can put as many as you want and it adds those at the point of creation and then those workspaces automatically index to those tags so um I, i hope i'm not being too uh flippant about this but I mean it's just it's not a very difficult process but once you set it up it's it's super powerful and I do it everything with markdown so you know I've got this great markdown syntax highlighting with this new theme and and almost anything I do during the day if somebody calls me like I have one for a single member California limited liability company. That's it's just like, an, I'm just looking at that one's on my screen right now. So if you call me up and say, I need to make an LLC and I'm like, how many members? One member. Okay. I push one button in drafts. All the questions I need to ask you just appear in drafts. And I fill it all out. And then I push this into obsidian button and there it goes, you know, and I just, I just love drafts. I don't know what else to say.
2: See, the the, the interesting thing that you both use templates a lot that's actually a feature of drafts that i i barely touch and i probably need to dive more into that myself like that's just something that i don't typically use but i think i may have to start um so it, it just goes to show you no matter how much you know about the app i know people look to me like i know a lot about it it i don't know everything and i don't use everything so it's it's something that uh Having having people that do more educates me and, and helps me get along uh, with new possibilities. It's going to be great.
1: I also think it's we use it in a different way. Like I use drafts. It's just like it's in the dock. It's the app I open up every time I want to type something or write something. And But it's not necessarily the place that the text stays, you know, whereas you're mm-hmm. using drafts for much more. You're actually storing in there. But I think the fact that I send things out requires me to have different automations than you would need. And the fact that you keep it on drafts means you have different automations that I wouldn't need. Yep, absolutely.
2: And I think you know, for me, a lot of a lot of it because your work can be done on a Mac. Mine has to be done on a PC begrudgingly yeah. most of the day. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I can I can still I mean I still use my iPad quite a deal for work. Um. And I'm able to tie into Gmail and the calendar and run meetings and everything off of it. It just I have to work in a little bit of a different way because of the, the nature of the business. So it's, it's uh, yeah, there's definitely different automations, but I mean, it maybe this, the, the templates are, are a way forward that I can do some fun things uh, and automate some things like Rosemary was saying, right? Like syntaxes, things of that nature. And even if I end up doing a task management system with drafts, which is something I've been batting in, around in my head for a while, Um, You know, and and it kind of comes from a thought that I think Merlin Mann had for a while was like, hey, I want task paper and markdown to basically have a baby and come up with something awesome. And uh, how do I do this? How do I how do I make this a reality? Um, And so I've been going through and, and, you know, in the background, it's definitely not anywhere close to being a fleshed out thought of how am I going to create a task management system within drafts? And once I do that, I'm going to need brand new templates. I will need brand new Automations and it's something I'm going to improve upon over time.
1: It's going to be fun. Tim, can I just say that you're deluding yourself? This is not hypothetical. You are going to do it.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I'm going to do it. It's a <laughs> matter. It's a matter of time,
1: which is you, you a would when,
2: think. You if. know, yeah, it's a it's a when, right? You you would think with you know, hey, everybody's you know stuck inside because of COVID and all that other stuff. Uh, you would think that life is uh, slowed down a little bit. It hasn't. So it's actually probably gone a little faster than I'd like it to. So uh, the the time element is really going to be the constraining factor. Time time and knowledge, I think. uh, with, With regular expressions, that's something I lack the knowledge of and need to really improve.
0: This episode of Automators is brought to you by SyncUp, a OneDrive podcast. I love finding new podcasts to listen to. And it's great to just have some more audio to really enjoy as I go about my day-to-day tasks. If you're looking for a new show to listen to, SyncUp takes you behind the scenes of OneDrive so you can learn about how to connect files, share your documents, and work from anywhere. And you'll get to hear about the design and development side of things too. Each show covers a dedicated topic, guest interviews, news and announcements, plus a special topic outside of their technology norm, such as favorite article of pandemic clothing. Topics include external sharing, data security, remote work, and of course, automation. I was recently going back through the back catalogue listening to some of the episodes and I was listening to the one about external sharing. And this is a problem that I've had to deal with a lot at work. Somebody trying to send a document to me, but they're not in my organisation or me trying to send something to them. And of course, they're not where I work either. It's really interesting to hear how Microsoft like you to tackle this problem. And of course, it's led me to make some other discoveries, which have really helped my workflow. And I've been able to share them with my colleagues too. Go and listen to it now. Just search for SyncUp wherever you get your podcasts. That's S-Y-N-C-U-P. Or just click the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to SyncUp and OneDrive for their support of this show and all of FM.
1: Tim, we've been talking around the idea of storing all of your notes in drafts. And this wasn't really, I think, something Greg intended when he first made drafts. I mean, drafts was the place you went. You wrote text and you sent it out somewhere and something happened to it. But he kind of unintentionally made this like awesome notes app that has all these storage abilities with you know workspaces and tags and all the th- features he's added. Um, and I know mm-hmm. you've kind of embrace this fully. Right. So, so tell us how is that working? What are some tips people want or might want to hear that they're going to think about doing this?
2: So one of the things that's, uh, obviously, you know, you have workspaces, so the use of tags is, is pretty paramount, but in the drafts window, you have uh, basically three different groups that you can also utilize where it's the inbox flagged and archived. And in a lot of my workspaces, I will have the flagged element of that as something that, you know, when you flag a draft, it doesn't show up in the inbox. It only shows up in flagged. So that way, it's it's kind of out of sight, out of mind on a regular basis from my regular list. Um, and what I use something like that for is I will keep a lot of my lists. So, so Rose, you mentioned earlier that um, you have your movie lists saved to Dropbox, so you can have that in Obsidian later. For me, I just keep that in drafts. And there's an append to list action that's in the directory. Um, And I just use that and all of my lists are actually in my normal general workspace is what I call it, but it's in the flagged portion of it and it's tagged list. So I can actually just switch to a different workspace and use it as a, a list app within, <laughs> within drafts. Um, and so for me, it's, it's using the flagged and archived in addition to, tags that can really kind of help with some of that, I'll call it file storage, um, that allow me to work in that way. So um, I'll use an example for me for work. For work, I use three different drafts that one of them is work tasks, work wiki, and then work accomplishments. So I will have those three uh, drafts in my inbox, and that's really it. Everything else, everything that I reference in my my work wiki, which holds uh, a lot of the wiki style linking um, to the other drafts that I need, all of those are are tagged work and they're flagged so they don't show up in the inbox. But they're all there if I need to jump into them. Mm-hmm. So it just simplifies the view for, for work. And so I, I will jump into work tasks and I have a little a little syntax that I use. And again, this is all custom to me. And, and unfortunately with the programs that I'm working on, I, I I can't share it. So I apologize. Um, but, uh, it's, it's one of those things that I can jump into the different programs that I'm working on. I can jump to different parts of the program and I have a lot of that done in the wiki style linking. So I can just jump around from, you know, draft to draft to draft just easily with a tap of a button and and I'm, I'm there. So, um, that's kind of how i've been using the storage portion of it is is really relying on tagging for workspaces and then flagging or archiving drafts and then searching you know either having searches or um you know just using the the quick search um, feature uh, which is uh, i think it's shift command f um, so that that way you can uh pull up that search window and you can really kind of dive down and, and see which draft you need to get to um so that's that's how i've been using it and how I think my drafts list does not balloon up to a massive amount. I actually have no idea how many drafts I have. Um, I've never sat down and figured it out, uh, but there's a lot of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I just keep I keep a lot of stuff there because I don't really have another place to send it. Um, My wife and I share a lot of notes, but those are within notes i i don't really use another app because you know getting a, a, a significant other to use the app of your choice is really difficult sometimes but <laughs> she's she's decided to use the built-in notes app she she and i work really well with that so i will take that any day of the week so um i at least have that hurdle crossed um and so i we, th- those are the really the two places for me is if it doesn't fit within drafts because it needs an image or or i need to share it with my wife then that I, I i use that in notes that's it so that's kind of how things have fleshed out for me
1: yeah i think one of the really cool features for someone like you is the drafts widget where you can attach workspaces to a button uh so you can have like an eight grid yeah. you know two by four grid with a small i think isn't that the small widget that's not even the big one where you can just have buttons to jump to specific workspaces. Like I, the stuff I do keep in drafts, I've got attached to workspaces. Like I use it for a draft, you know, copy that I'm going to write for the blog or something. And I can just push one button and get right to it from my home screen. I love that.
2: Yeah. And that came out in drafts 22. Uh, It's been out for a while, but when widgets came out um, in iOS 14, that was one of those things that I would, I, it felt weird. Uh, but drafts isn't in my dock on my iPhone at all. I don't, I don't have that in there. I used to all the time. It was at the center, but I don't anymore because I use the widgets and yeah. I can, I've actually even at, at times I've, I'm like, Oh, I need to switch to my journal real quick. And I and just instinctively on my, on my 11, I'll swipe up from the bottom, go to home and then I'll tap the journal uh, widget. Cause it's just, that's the way I've been doing it for a little while. Um, and it's faster for me to jump and switch different contexts that way. Yeah. Makes it me it actually makes me feel now with the theme switching. It actually makes me feel like I'm jumping into a separate app, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, the the widgets are are awesome. Uh and it, I I love what he's done with them. My only gripe and it's not even something that he's done is I wish there was a small four by four widget because the only way you can get the grid is in the medium or large. Yeah. I just wish there was one that had four by four because I would use that in a whole lot more places. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. And and also this is an obvious one that would benefit from an interactive widget. It'd be cool if you could have like, oh. display a draft and have it interact. And that's just something Apple hasn't got to yet. I, I would be surprised if we don't get that at WWDC this year. I think everybody knows. Oh, that's a feature. I hope ready. so. Yeah
2: yeah even even for their own apps reminders you can't check those off anymore that's something that i i i just can't believe they ship that without thinking of the usability of it and yeah people i'm sure people want things like that for sure
1: i i mean i'm just imagining an ipad full of widgets you know and drafts being mm-hmm. a big piece of that and just like that would be that would be great yeah
2: oh it'd be fantastic and i i mean i even the interactive part um I created a an action that I just called it fancy tweet because it, it just mm-hmm. used the HTML previews but I would love to be able to kick off an action and even if it was just drafts native UI be able to compose a tweet and then send it and not even actually go into the app it's just all done in the widget I mean I, I just it's it's something that I hope gets extended to other apps in iOS 15 it, it just it needs to be there I think that's going to elevate the 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 way widgets work uh, if they can make that a reality for not only drafts, but
1: others too. Rose, how are you storing uh, notes in drafts? I mean, are you doing a lot of, of onboard storage in drafts? I, or... I pretty
0: much just chuck it in a tag. And if it's not tagged, then it's in my inbox. So I have a custom workspace called Inbox, which is just looking for things that aren't tagged, sure. Um, which, you know, it, it's very simple. um, But it absolutely works for me. Um, And... Um, you know, and I'm just trying to, you know, go through and process the I don't even know how many items are in said uh, inbox. Um, well, uh, OK, let, let's just say that there it's a four digit number right now uh, because I have a lot of automations which create drafts and I've not yet updated all of them to actually have tags, um, which is a problem. Uh, but the good news is, is they all use the same templates um, so I can go through and uh, find anything that's matching a particular regular expression um i'm guessing i might spend more time creating said regular expression than i will actually you know um manually going through and looking at everything but You know, there's some fun. Um, And I have to say, I've had a a long weekend. It's been a long weekend here in the UK. I may or may not have eaten a large number of chocolate Easter eggs um, and or bunnies. um, And I I refuse to comment any further on that. So uh, I've definitely just been adding things to my inbox and not processing anything because, you know, what a long weekend's for.
1: Yeah, I get there sometimes, too. And it's like for me that a big drafts inbox means that I, I need to do some processing. I do use the flag. A flag to me means it's waiting for something. Because like I said earlier, my drafts don't really stay in drafts. So I, I send them somewhere. Uh, but if I have like something I've written, I want to get feedback from someone on. And I still want to have, you know, it's like once I leave drafts, whatever editor I go into isn't as good. <laughs> you know, it's just the truth. You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't have the ability to rearrange things. And, you know, all the little features that we we talk about. So if I'm waiting on something where I think I may want to do some more editing, I just flag it. And then that that's like a checklist for me to go through the flag list to say, oh, I'd never heard back from Rose on this bit of text or whatever. Uh, but I, I ideally like to try and get it out. But, you know, that's the nice thing about the app. You can use it in a lot of different ways.
2: I know some people that use it for work um, and they use they use a work workspace and anything that's in their inbox is is something that they need to. Uh, just kind of keep tabs on, right? Just kind of the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Anything flagged is something that they need to take action on. And then archived is something that they are waiting on information for. And so they can switch between the, the the tabs at the top just to say, all right, what do I need to do, right? So who's who's waiting on me? Who am I waiting on? And they can follow up based on that. It, the The biggest thing with drafts is that you can really make it what you want it to be. And there's... What works for one person isn't going to work for the next, but the fact that you can customize this and make it your app—that it's just—it's gone from a text editor and a scratch pad that you use to something that is—is really. What do you want to make with it? You can go and do that now. It's it's really powerful and well worth the price of admission for sure.
1: Yeah, I remember I was in trial in Los Angeles when they released the first version of the app, and I downloaded it and I immediately got it. You know, I mean, it's just like. Oh, this is obvious. How come nobody made this before? And and to this day, just the ability to open it up, press the microphone, and start talking. I write so much text that way. And but but you forget that you know their version twenty six. They've added so many features. What are some of the other little features that you use every day, Tim? That uh, listeners may not be aware of.
2: So so one that they just actually added in in twenty six is that. Um, uh, oh man I'm trying to remember what it's called. It it basically you, you type it balance typing, balance white typing I oh, think is the yeah, name of it. Oh yeah, where it, it automatically
0: yeah. inserts the brackets on yeah. either side.
2: Yeah. So it's like it's brackets, parentheses, quotes and I'm missing one other but it it that actually is something that it's like it the usability functionality of that is just something like wow, why did, why didn't this have this before? Well, I'm glad it has it now, right? It it It's something that I didn't know I really needed. Um, That's something that uh, just a little appreciative one for sure. Recently that I can bring to mind. Um, I should pull up um, and Jim, you can cut this. Um, I'm going to pull up the change log because I I forget how many things have been added over time. And I, I, you know, it's been a while since I've been on the show. So I I mean, really, truly, I, I don't even remember half of the stuff that's come out in the last year because it really is one of those things that I just I can't keep all that stuff in my brain
1: yeah
0: uh, it's braces is the other one that you're you're looking for because there's parentheses ah. which are the round bracket there's brackets the square bracket braces which are the curly ones and then quotes and those are the ones that are, are balanced um, and this is one of the, the editor preferences and I'm going to link people to the editor preferences documentation on the drafts website so that they can find out about that and toggle that on or off if they want to
1: so Tim, in addition to all the automation stuff you do in drafts, um, you're, you are a primary iOS user and, um, yep. but you still like to automate. What What are you up to in like shortcuts and other automation platforms these days?
2: So actually well, there's a couple of things that I've been doing lately. So um, actually in, in this COVID time, uh, just before our lockdown happened, uh, my girlfriend moved in and then, you know, several months later, um, I proposed to her, and she said yes, which is great for me um <laughs> and uh and uh i I'm glad she puts up with me um and then we decided actually we didn't want to wait until twenty twenty two to have our big wedding when we can actually celebrate with people after some restrictions are list- lifted and everything um she's Canadian, so I have to cross you know the the border and I can't do that right now, even just to get married um so there there was some difficulty there so we ended up getting married in March. Um, and so for a little while, we, uh, <laughs> we had shortcuts on our home screens that we could tap. And one of them says, when is my wedding? And one of them said, when is the ceremony? And so I would tap that. And in the compact UI, it would give me just a counter to when the ceremony was taking place.
1: Cool. I like that.
2: The funny, <laughs> it was, it's was just something cute. And it, it, it was, uh, it was a picture of the two of us um, on the home screen. And the funny thing is, I you know, my my now wife, I almost said fiance, but my my wife and, I you know, she's she's fairly nerdy, too. Um, she does not play around with this kind of stuff ever. But when I showed it to her and said, I have this cool idea, just give me your phone for a second. Just trust that I'm going to do this. And, uh, you know, I'll, you'll like the result. She absolutely loved it. Like you know, the hug that I got just for doing that sure. is worth it alone. So, um, so that's kind of something that just a little tiny thing like that, where you need to keep track of a date and you can do that with a special icon, uh, on your home screen that that's a, that's just a little tiny automation, but it's something that I've done. Yeah. Um, and it's a really so that's easy, kind of fun. it's
1: a calendar action, you know, and, uh, yeah. just really nice, easy shortcut to put together. Anybody could do it. And, uh, and mm-hmm. useful, and I was just thinking, where could you run with that? Maybe you could send the um, send it to a HomePod to have it speak it when you push the button. That'd be kind of fun.
2: Yep, you could do that. Um, there was even uh, I was I thought about it as like you know, if I wanted to, I could you know set this to uh, the bridesmaids and groomsmen, right? I could I could have a little thing every time I run it, send yeah. them an email, yeah, just <laughs> to remind them. They'd love you for that, I'm sure. So you check it forty times oh, yeah. a
0: day, and then uh, suddenly your best man is yeah. is is also the one who's potentially out for your blood. But either way, yeah, right. congratulations are most definitely in order. Um, Thank, for you. That. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I have three. Yeah. I know of three COVID babies, but the Tim is my first oh. COVID COVID groom.
2: There we oh, go. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No. No COVID babies right now. <laughs> Not yet. But that's a, that, that's 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 a different you know, thing that'll happen later on. Um, <laughs> that'll take more For, of my time.
1: Friend of mine just had a, a COVID baby. I told her you should just name her Fauci. <laughs> she didn't, oh. she, she didn't appreciate that at all. Not one bit.
2: No, <laughs> there, there have been an uptick uh, of baby names of Corona.
1: Oh my gosh. I don't know about wow. that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I, those are, those are not nice parents. I'm going to go on record as saying those are not nice parents.
0: Well, I mean, I'm not sure if it's better or worse than Grogu, uh, which apparently is becoming <laughs> more and more
1: popular uh, oh, really? for people not familiar. Really?
0: That is the name of the baby Yoda in the people Mandalorian series. People are actually naming their
1: kids Grogu? I,
0: I, I, it was a thing. I don't know if it was a joke article that I read the other day or if it was actually serious. So. It was on one of those one of those things that it could have gone either way. I just decided to assume that some parents are making interesting choices.
1: Yeah, I yes. I don't think anybody loves Star Wars more than me, and I would not name I wouldn't name my dog Grogu. I don't mind well, anyway.
0: <laughs> well, your dog is entirely too cute and cuddly for that as well. I think so. Yeah,
2: yeah. you. I, I'd sooner name a dog Baby Yoda than Grogu. There that's you go. just my feeling on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, in in, ad, in addition to that, one of the other things I've been actually getting into being that I'm very mobile OS focused and and obviously iOS. Um, I, I've been using my phone. As a camera. So I actually got a bunch of moment gear for Christmas this past year. Um, and the, the nice thing about that is there, there's a lot of different lens options. So I actually use an anamorphic lens quite a bit to take kind of more of a cinematic photo or a cinematic video. I actually recorded our wedding using that lens. The interesting thing is that when you save a raw photo, those are squeezed photos. So it still puts it in the same format width-wise as a regular photo that iOS would take. Yeah. So I came up with an automation there to de-squeeze the photo because you just have to do some math and, and fix it.
1: Yeah, because generally you'd have to open the Moment app to actually see the anamorphic photo properly.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I can, I can still, I mean, I could use the iOS app if I need to take a quick picture and the lens is attached. So I can do that and still de-squeeze the photo. I can use the Moment app as well. But um, I figured out a way now to, to take a photo and change it and modify it uh, via shortcuts just to take a, a photo and do that. Simple automation that I've been running um, to, to create what I need. It's been great.
1: Yeah, we had a couple friends over for like the first time in a year, I think, you know, recently. And we were in the backyard and we wanted to take a group photo. And I set the camera on a tripod and then used the Apple Watch Camera app. This is kind of an automation. Uh, maybe you don't know. But if you've got an Apple Watch, it gives you a preview of what the phone sees. And then you can press a button on the watch. And it counts down three seconds and takes a picture. And um, everybody was very impressed with me that I had that that ability. And it's something that everybody that owns an Apple Watch and an iPhone can do.
0: Yeah, I I highly recommend that. I've used that several times um, just to make sure um, because it's easier than setting something up on a timer with a countdown and then running um, to get into position. You can actually be in position and make sure that you are in the shot. Uh, Because usually from experience, the person who does the running um, around uh, to get the photo ends up being on the end and then they get kind of half cut out of the shot. And this way you can make sure that, you know, everybody's in the photo and stuff like that. And, you know, if there are small children or pets involved, um, then, you know, you can make sure that you can actually see what they're doing as well because you're seeing through your phone camera, um, which is great. So I definitely recommend that.
1: I have a whole host of shortcuts related to photos. You know, I've got a whole directory of them. <laughs> um, but, you know, that is like one of the nice things about shortcuts is that it is so integrated with the camera that you can you can do stuff like like Tim's adjusting photo size. I've got a similar one that knocks a photo down so I can post it to the Mac Power users of the Automator's forums without it being a gigantic photo with just a quick shortcut. Kind of does the same thing, but but not really.
0: It's very yeah. useful. That sort of thing.
1: Absolutely.
2: And, I mean, beyond that, the the actual place that I'm using shortcuts, and I actually use this on a daily basis, is as a launcher. So you can use the widgets, but I'm a person that has gone widgets only for the home screen. And my dock is now three icons that are just some, what is it, the new amorphic icons that we're seeing. Um, yeah. But those just... Those just kick off a menu action so I can open up various apps. So I have a little bit more apps at my fingertips, and I don't have any badges on my home screen. I'm, I'm a person that when I see a badge, I need to check it. So if I don't see a badge, I don't have to check it, which is great. I can just deal with that later, and I have to swipe over to the app library to get anything. Um, so that's how I've been using that as of late, um, Just and it's just three simple... Um, menu actions, right? It's it's a menu action and, and it opens the app. I'm not doing anything other than that. Yeah, but it's three separate launchers.
1: Yeah, that is an increasingly popular way to run an iPhone, and uh, I'm with you. I don't I don't like all the apps on my screen anymore.
2: Yeah, and I, I, uh, a while ago I, I used an app called uh, Clear Spaces. I I still use that today, where all of my widgets kind of pop out of the home screen, and then when I don't need them anymore, I swipe away. And it's just a, a blank uh, screen again. So it it's actually something that I really like because it's do I need something? Okay, I know where that is in, in on my home screen. I could swipe down, take a look at it, swipe back up, and then it's just a blank screen again. It's I've been using that quite a bit, and I really like that.
1: I have never heard of this app. I'll have to check that out.
2: I I actually have a post that we can link um, that kind of where I explain it, and it's it's a, it's a kind of a cool effect. At first, it was kind of like. Oh, look at the neat thing you can do. And it, it basically just isn't, it's a, it's a widget that you can add to your home screen that then just blends with the background. And um, at first it was kind of like, here's this really cool hidden widget trick. Right. Yeah. And then I started really using it. And so like when I'm done with my tasks for the day, I don't need to see the reminder widget anymore. So I just swipe that away and it's gone. So I know that that area of my life is done. Um, when I'm done, you know, tracking food for the day, I swipe that when I'm done with all my calendar events, I swipe that away. And, you know, so that way I I'm minimizing what I see on my home screen to be just really targeted and focused. And so I've been using it in that way for a while.
1: And, and when you said earlier that you, um, that you just swipe up to get to your, um, to get to your drafts, I, w- I wasn't sure what you were talking about. I think that must be what it was.
2: Yeah, so so what I will do, it like like I was saying for for drafts, um, when I'm in drafts, even and I'm like, oh, I got to switch to the journal. Sometimes I would just instinctively swipe uh, up on the home screen. It takes me to the home screen. Um, I also have the triple back tap for that as well. Um, so I'll just pop into the the home screen and then I'll, I'll tap on the journal um, icon for in in my drafts widget, and it'll just pop me back into drafts. But in the journal. Uh, workspace with everything applied. So that's been really good. Um, that, that's kind of how I use that. And then when I don't need to see drafts for the rest of the day, if I'm, if I'm kind of done, I'm laying in bed, I'll swipe that widget away. It disappears and I don't have to worry about it anymore. And I don't think of it. I can just kind of wind down and get ready for bed.
1: And so this works on you taking a screenshot of your blank home screen as the underlying effect, right? Yeah, <laughs> Clever. Yep. Clever.
2: It's it, It's really clever. And I mean, I remember being on the beta for it. And, you know, they weren't even sure it was going to get approved because one of the things that I really like about these kind of widgets is that it doesn't have the name underneath it. You know, it, I've always wanted to have a home screen that was free and clear of the words. Yeah. I, I just wanted that to be an accessibility feature for forever. Yeah. Just that way it's a little bit more visually clear. I know what apps I have put places. Don't remind me what they are. Um, and so for me, for widgets, I just, I didn't want to see that when I swipe away. I don't want to have like, you know, no offense to to David Smith or anything. It's just like, I don't want to see the word widget Smith on my home screen five times. I just want to see nothing. I just want the, yeah. the picture that I have behind it. And so this is an app that allows that. I just didn't think that Apple was originally going to approve it. So hopefully they're not going to take that away. <laughs> you know, Apple is Apple. So sometimes they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, hopefully, hopefully it's something that stays. But I've been using it that way for a while.
1: Well, gang, if you're interested, you should probably download it soon. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely one
0: of those things to grab while it's there, because, uh, you know, even if you think right now that you don't want it, then, you know, if, if you do in six weeks and it turns out it's temporarily not there for whatever reason, we know Apple do these things from time to time, then, uh, yeah, then you can get it back. So
2: The, o- the only thing that that, that makes me kind of, I guess, think that they're going to allow it is that other apps have popped up that offer the same functionality. And so those are all approved as well. Again, not a guarantee, but it it's likely that maybe that feature can stay. So,
0: well, I'll cross my fingers. I do have this app, um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite handy. I've been experimenting with it a little bit, and I now I've heard you talking about how it works because obviously you know I've read your post before, but um, now I've heard you talking about it. I'm gonna give it another shot. Um, in the same way that you're doing it
1: i've actually expanded i'm so into the widgets now i have like three screens of widgets i used to have just one whoa yeah Whoa. and like Mm. like so what are you running uh well i'm not running clear spaces Uh, you see them and you see the ugly labels but um you know just they're all kind of contextual my main screen is the big Fantastic Owl with a list of my events for the day and the this the medium widget with the for shortcuts, launchers, you know, but I do like launchers with shortcuts like you, but I do it out of a widget. I just really like the interface elements of the widget. I feel like it's it's the way shortcuts really need to be run. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I've got a screen with, um, that's like kind of like task management. It's got OmniFocus and streaks. And then I've got a time tracking page and then a little bit of a, um, you know, mix of things at the end. And then I get to the app, the app library. And so, and it, it works fine for me. I mean, I, and then if also the, what is it, what do they call the today view? I've got like um timely things like weather time world. I can see what time it is where Rose lives, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that.
2: And, and I think that's, I mean, it's one of those things and, and tying it back to what we were just talking about in the beginning of the show with drafts and, and making it your own. I just, I like that, you know, there's a lot of, functionality that we have today in a lot of what we use mac ios whatever and specifically with ios and the iphone how much we use that and it's so such a personal device now yeah now you, you, we have so many options to make it your own i really like the way this is headed and, and i feel that it's being done in a in the right way i think there's some features that are missing but i think i think as we go on in ios 15 hopefully just ios 15 but likely ios 16 that we're going to see a lot more of this customization happen. And I think that's going to be really cool.
1: I was just talking to an app developer friend on the phone the other day about this very thing. I think that the next, like the undiscovered country of the iOS apps is the user interface customizability, like um, us being able to make it work the way we want it to look like is the next thing that that app, developers need to run to and drafts is kind of already there with what they've just recently done. Um, carrot weather has done some stuff like that too, but I, I do think that's like oh yeah, where we want to go.
2: Oh, and those are probably my two favorite examples for customization, right? It just carrot weather knocks it out of the park always, uh, every time, uh, it just seems that he can't really do much wrong when it comes to developing apps, which is fantastic. Um, yep. I mean, I, I compl- complaints about being, you know, cussed out or treated like a meat bag aside. Um, but like, yeah, for him, it, it, you know, that's, it's a great example of how can you make this work for you instead of you kind of just living with the interface, how can you make it work for you and make it better to suit your needs? That's that, that is the next frontier I think for all of us.
0: Yep. yep. I w- I would agree with that. And for people who haven't checked out carrot five and, um, the, the customization options in it it's it's pretty cool you can design your own interface um so that you have all the weather that you like um and uh, i've definitely been playing around with that quite a bit
1: all right tim well for folks listening tim is the uh the master of all things drafts the the future developer of the drafts task management workflow <laughs> <laughs> i like okay, i did that uh where tim where, where do people go to find you well, I'm
2: on Twitter at at Nahumik, my last name N A H U M C K, and uh, you can go to uh, to find where I write, um, and that, that's pretty much where you can find me nowadays.
1: Now we sure appreciate you um, sharing all this with us, Tim, and the great stuff you're doing, and and keep it up, man. Uh, so. Uh, We had you at draft version five and version 26. So I guess we'll see around version 50. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Okay. If you like this show, there's a good chance you'll like Parallel. Hosted by journalist and accessibility expert Shelly Brisbane, Parallel is a tech podcast with accessibility sprinkles. Shelly and her guests put accessibility into a larger context on Parallel. Sometimes it's about devices and software. Sometimes it's about living in a world that's powered by more tech every day. Accessibility is the icing on the cake. Go check it out at relay.fm slash parallel. We are the automators podcast. You can find us at relay.fm slash automators. Our website is automators.fm and you can find our forum at talk.automators.fm. There are some super smart automators in there and so many problems getting solved. Just the other day, I Googled a problem and found the answer on our forums. Thank you to our sponsors, PDF Pen from Smile, Microsoft Lists, and SyncUp, a OneDrive podcast. We released this show on Friday for a good reason, so you can have a little automation project over the weekend. Tim gave us some great ideas this week, so why not automate drafts this weekend? Either way, thanks for listening, and we'll be back in a few weeks.